Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock's preview of the Waco Annual Charity Open. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor and Connor. And uh, this is the second Disc Golf Pro Tour event of the year. All goes down beginning tomorrow in Waco, Texas. You're not going to want to miss out. And this show is going to get you ready so that you know exactly what to be looking for, what to expect, and all the storylines going into the tournament. Uh, Waco, personally, one of my favorite tournaments of the year. Why? I don't know. Couldn't I feel you. like all of these like early tournaments and like Waco is always right at the beginning of the tour are just like always our favorites because well I think I think Waco is one of our favorites because it's chaotic and also because Vegas we all like we all have that like stigma with Vegas we're like oh but it's kind of an open course like let's let's wait till we get to Waco yeah. to see where people really stand yeah I feel like that is something that gets said every year and is well let's let's yeah let's, let's wait till we get to Waco, wait for Waco. To and then happens. it turns into well let's wait for like the Midwest and then it's like well let's wait till the East Coast swing it's it just continues happening the entire season um yeah no honestly it does but one thing I didn't realize until I was like researching for this is that Waco might be the either one of or tied with the current like longest standing pro tour events yeah i think it started I in 2017 it, i remember it being like right at the start so i think the only other one that uh, other ones that would be up there is like maple hill i think was there since the start memorial would have been if they wouldn't have taken it out yeah memorial got taken that out was, that was there from the beginning um yeah because it was always like this that like awkward battle that's i think also why las vegas still feels weird is there used to be that battle where las vegas kicked off the national tour season mm-hmm. and then memorial kicked off the pro tour and so you like didn't know which was like the true start of the season because mm-hmm. Memorial felt like it, but Vegas was before. So Vegas still feels like a, a fraud start to the season to me in many ways. Fraud start. But it's not. There's no reason to feel that way anymore. It's just mm-hmm. that back in the day, I was like, okay, really? We're going to put a big tournament before Memorial? I How think, dare you? Well, I think too, like the second event, what makes it so great is the first event, so many narratives get formed for like this, this, the big narrative in the first event that people will talk about will be Gannon Burr. So like the second event event is like the litmus test of like are those narratives true at all yeah. or is it just going to go up and down like it probably will and also Paul being back yeah. for this event is another narrative that that everybody talked about was like come on now let's get that color change uh, was <laughs> they, like they talk about getting the color change it's crazy yeah man um, but like what would be happening right now if Paul is there but like yeah yeah it, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, let's start. Let's start it off with the course. Uh, the course. I went through the whole caddy book, and I also talked to some players on the course. Have they changed it? Doesn't seem to be. Okay. It, uh, From last. The caddy year. book didn't seem like there was any changes, and also Brody said he didn't think there was any changes. Okay. So it seems well for the past few years, really. But well, so they changed the par. Like what, yeah, they years? changed the par, yeah. but the that course was, has been the same. For, I don't know, two or three years ago. I w- I so, think it's really funny. I th- we should almost start doing this with like uh, with every course is just like each of us like th- what are the holes you remember from from like because like every course. Do you want to like, play that? Yeah, because I've I've looked into the well, guidebook, no, so I'm, I'm checking no, myself. Not out. even not even like let's go one through eighteen. How many? No, do you no, remember? no. Just but like what hole? Do what you- holes stick out to you? From each course, because like every course has a mm. few. Now, like there are certain yeah. courses like USDGC where I can name every single one. Yeah. But like Waco, here are the holes that stick out to yeah. me at Waco. I was say, let's get this out of the way and then I'll go through. There's there's the ones. whole one where you're throwing that spike hyzer and it, it, there's the hill. Yeah. Yep. Like I know yep. whole one. It's very classic. I know there are there is a there's a par four where you are like kind of in like that that parky open wooded spot where you're throwing like a hyzer 
kind of out when the water's on the right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a par four at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it still is. Yeah, and then there's a uh, hole two. There's the there's the par four where you can try and go for it right past like that weird like electrical box thing. That's a par three now. It's a par three now. That's right. They made it a par that's three. Hole fifteen. I remember that one. I know the one where it's like towards the end where they throw the approach is kind of island-ish. Like, you kind of go up to the corner. 17. Yeah, that's 17. And I also know the over-the-water one, that's 18. Yep. Yeah, I know 18 very well. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are, like, the holes that stick out to me from Waco. <laughs> uh, so the first few holes are in the open with trees. Yeah. Hole one, two, and three. Uh, so one's, like, that short, dumpy hyzer with the OB. Two's the par four you were talking about, okay. kind of, where there's water on the right, but then there's, like, all those trees Three is the elevated basket, par three. Oh, I completely forgot about the whole section in like the super tight woods. Then there's we go straight into the that woods. Do, there's that dog leg. Yeah. That's just like the tightest corner. It's like a right angle. Yep. Oh my gosh. So then holes nasty four holes through 12 are in tight woods. Mm. Uh, and then we spit out on hole 13. Right. Was, and where, then, is that is which is the one where you come out of the woods and then there's like the up down. So that's actually basket. in the middle of the woods. Oh, okay. Um, but it, you kind of pop up. I don't know where that is. It's around hole nine or ten, I think, but it's a par four that's eagle yeah, a bull. Right. If you throw this crazy flex forehand, yeah. most players will just lay up with a mid, then lay up with a putter, and then tap out. Yeah. Um. One, that's probably one of the easier holes on the course, quote unquote, but it has a lot of danger. The wooded section has so much danger off oh, the fairway. Yeah. If you get off the fairway, this is it this is one of those classic events where <laughs> you'll be watching coverage, especially if you're watching post produced, and you'll see. You'll just see like the next shot and it'll just be like, there's leaves and you're like, where are they? And then a disc will just just come out. out (laughs) It's just pitch out golf when you get in there. It's so bad. Um, So you come out of the woods on hole 13. Hole 13 and 14 are pretty straightforward. Nothing too dangerous. But then hole 15 through 18 is Oh, there's a water tower hole too at Waco. No, that's Mm -hmm. Ledgestone. Yep. Yeah. 15 through 18 are decision time. So 15 is the one you were talking about where it has like electrical box. That hole is hard. Uh, tight OB right, tight OB left. In the you, wind? Yeah, oh if you my try gosh. going for it, very dangerous. Most people lay up, take a three. 16, not a ton of danger, but if you go with the aggressive shot, it brings in danger because there's the OB on the right. It's an eagleable par four, but it's a very birdieable hole. Mm-hmm. And then 17 or 18 are very, very daunting finishing holes. So 17 is the tight peninsula and the 90 degree angle to basically yeah. the island green. Um, that's where Nico last year hit that sick, like hundred yeah, some foot flex a, step putt. That's a nervy hole to try um, and play. And th- that's a hole that you can easily blow up on. Yeah. And then hole 18 is the iconic over the water. It's a par three, but you either go for the two oh, or you lay up short. Is of the there water any across. other water holes at Waco? There's water on the right of some holes. Yeah. There's holes not, one, two, three. Um, I'm thinking of a different event. Where, which, 17 you throw the forehand over the water on the approach shot which is the which one is the one that has the uh the over the water hole with like the wall behind it they put in a wall behind it and um it's like always super windy and people like it's it's mostly like a water island shot gbo yeah gbo that's hole right. 16 that's right. or 15 it's crazy how many courses have like similar looks but the, yeah this one just has that that's one on a golf course that's emporia country club I remember because I remember, yeah, Colt Montgomery throwing over the water. I remember his like drive yeah. when he won that year. So course definitely is kind of a good challenge all of your game. It's a pretty good um, course. Some of the storylines going into this weekend. First storyline that we're going to see is tomorrow's weather in Waco. Not looking fun to play in. Nah. Uh, so the high tomorrow is 45, but it's going to be hitting that high at like 5 a.m. It's only going to get colder. 
So by the Dang. time the uh, lead, the like feature cards teeing off, still practice in the cold, Brody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by the time the like feature cards are teeing off, it's gonna be about thirty eight degrees with fifty percent chance of rain, and uh, about twenty three mile an hour. Do winds. you think anybody that gets double miserable. digits? Under, if so, they're gonna need tee off early. It's gonna. I'm like, thinking hot round comes in probably around thing. ten. If you're teeing off mm. before eleven a.m., like ten a.m. This once you get into the woods is when the wind will really start picking up. Yeah. So you'll be able to get through the first few holes wind-free, essentially. I mean, it'll be like 10 mile an hour, so still windy, but not 20-plus mile an hour wind. Because like 24-mile-an-hour wind, like we're talking probably 30-some-mile-an-hour gusts, plus yeah. it's on the water, which kind of increases oh it gosh. at the course. I'm thinking anything a few strokes under par is going to be good. Yeah, like, round one. It's going to keep you in it. Because you got to remember... Round one's going to be a tough... Play very a, tough. This is a three-round tournament, unlike last week, so like... You can't be like just trying to survive round one. You well, got to be already jockeying for position. The other know. thing to note is today, the final practice day, 72 degrees, sunny, only yeah. 10 mile an hour winds. Yeah. Wow. So you're going to go 72 degrees, nice sunny, playing right. shorts and a t-shirt, and then you're going to be slapped with 38, and 38, temp, like 38 degrees, 24 mile an hour winds. Three round and tournament and with these players, and especially because the weather is going to get better the last Saturday days, and Sunday, it's, like, it's decent. You got to stay within like six or seven shots probably after round one. So like we're yeah. going to see a lot of people probably just get wiped out of competition right away. Yeah. So Saturday is going to be the most scorable day. It's going to be 57 degrees and sunny and the wind is going to be basically non-existent by the time lead cards teeing off to be like four mile an hour yeah sunday is gonna be 65 and sunny but when lead cards teeing off it's gonna be about 17 mile an hour winds so yeah saturday is gonna be wow. the day that you make moves sunday it's gonna be windy but tomorrow it's just about staying in it because yeah. uh let me look at the precipitation the precipitation is basically 40 percent all day it looks like like they, it's on it's and off just here and there then it's gonna be spotty it's rain it's gonna be the cold and wind that's gonna make the, the cold and wind effect. Is going to be brutal. Oh, uh-huh. that, I mean, that is going to be a nightmare. And then, yeah, we'll probably because we'll probably have all these conception like preconceptions after that day one. But then, like you said, like day two, Saturday's the moving stuff's going to move all over because you you might have a player that shoots two under round one and is able to shoot wow. like thirteen under round two. Yeah, that's because some, be, day two is going to be sunny and, and basically no wind. So, uh, some other things to pay attention to is Drew Gibson won the Pro Tour opening event. And then we're not going to see him again until April at the, uh, what's the major the in Champions April? Cup. Champions Cup. I was, I was thinking me? Competitors Cup in my head for some reason. I was like, that's <laughs> not Foundation it. Cup, man. Champions Cup. So no Eagle no Eagle this weekend or Drew. Drew's missing the whole Texas swing. I'm not positive if Eagle is or not, but no Eagle or Drew this weekend. But we do add in Paul. Um, so we'll at least have that storyline. Still going to be an extremely solid crazy. field. So we might not have a full The first time we'll see the full, Champions full field Cup. is Champions Cup. Uh, this is also going to be the start of Simon Lazat's season. Mm-hmm. He's on the feature card tomorrow. Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk through some of the cards here in a minute. But it's also going to be the start of Mason Ford, Valerie Mandahano, and Alexis Mandahano's season. I noticed those. Um, Valerie Mandahano getting thrown to the FPO will definitely be an interesting storyline as yeah. well because I think she's uh-huh. a player that can, at her best, she, she can, can shake it up. Yeah, she can yeah. compete it for for wins. Uh, but she's definitely, in my opinion, she's a top ten, maybe even top five player at times. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, her out there getting her season started, but you know, it, obviously going into it, the biggest storyline of everything I just said is this is the first time we'll see Paul against the full field. We saw him against at at Memorial, not against the full field though. He did yeah. beat Drew, which was like the player to beat because he just won the week before. Yeah, but Waco's just 
something something else. It, it, you never it never seems to go down the way you expect it no. to. No. Yeah. And now and I will say I think this season pretty much every event we're going to see at least one name thrown into the final day that we're like, "Hmm, didn't expect that." But Waco seems to already have been that in years past. We were looking at the previous winners and we were like like Big Germ went back to back a few years ago. Like mm-hmm. there is just some and like obviously Nico Last year, yeah, the winners have been like from since 2017. You have Jeremy Colling because that's when it started on the Pro Tour. The year after the Pro Tour started, you have Jeremy Colling, Jeremy Colling, Paul McBeth, Colton Montgomery, and then Nico LaCastro. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a toss up, and you do have, um, like it's so weird because you like, oh, big germ back to back, like sidearm players must thrive, and then you've got Nico winning last year, so like the backhand guy. So it's it's very, and I feel like Conrad's been up in the mix. I think I During think when I that. when I think of Waco, I think of a tournament that is just capable of producing huge scoring separation swings, especially when there's going to be wind, because there is a lot of places to blow up on that. There's course. a lot of OB, mm-hmm. and there's a and there is always a possibility, like obviously, that like you can shred Waco as well. Yeah. So there's just huge scoring separation, something we didn't see as much as at, at Vegas. So we might get our first dose of like players pulling away from the field a little bit more mm-hmm. I mean, we might not i don't know there's so many good players now it's tough to it's tough to imagine that'll ever happen but well, well that's the one of the questions too is like with eagle and drew missing um i those are the two most notable that are missing yeah. i didn't really look through if there are too many others that are missing but is this something like we can we're going to start seeing more and more of where players are like picking and choosing i know drew i think is like moving into a new house eagle i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Eagle just taking time off. Yeah, I think it's off. circumstantial. I don't I don't I still don't think many players because there is like like think okay, so you're like a guy like I don't wanna I mean like guys like Ricky have big contracts, but still like you're a guy like Ricky Wysocki, if you don't show up to an event and for those guys on their contracts, typically like a lot of times their travel and entry fees are paid for, so that's not even the worry. Like it's to them, like there, there's a very high chance they're finishing in the top five, making a few thousand dollars. So like it's a, it's a couple thousand dollars you're talking about just skipping out on an event. So I think you're you're more likely to see like some of those top players be like, okay, I can afford to take this week off because I need to do something or like reset. But I I don't I don't think the tour is big enough yet, long enough for there to be guys that are well, like literally picking their schedule. One out. One of the things to factor in though is only the top eight finishes count towards your pro tour points yeah no, so if it's yeah. something like for you, instance eagle now i don't know if this is eagle's reasoning but if you're if i'm eagle and i know i don't play great at waco yeah it's not going to count towards my top eight even if i show up yeah and you have a, a guaranteed contract where you're like i don't need that that money right now to play why even risk no, not, makes not sense. you don't want to shatter your confidence yeah, yeah why risk your confidence your image and stuff like that no i agree versus you just pick and choose just, your eight you're gonna be dominant at and i you think have it'll get season. i think it's just gonna get even more popular once there's even more events well yeah yeah because yeah. i because I, I do think eventually yeah like, i was looking at the pga tour and that's kind of what happens yeah. it's like there's some tour events that just the field sucks the other and there's other ones where like the players championship is happening this weekend right. right and what you were saying is it's known for having like the strongest field it has a very strong field and well disc golf the purse yeah well, the like, purse too. is like double but in disc golf like there's not really a pro tour event that's known for having like the strong field because they right. all have a the well, strong the other, field and the other thing too is in in on the PGA tour there's a lot more um events that have qualification standards as well for instance like the guy who won the Arnold Palmer last weekend, like he 
got a spot in the British Open major just for like for winning that, but he didn't have it previously. Mm-hmm. So like there, there's a lot more of that at stake. But I do think you're right. And it'll because like right now, though, in disc golf still there's I mean, 98 percent of the tour needs that week to week that make as much money as they, they need to give themselves a chance no, yeah. every week. But as the as the money increases and as like people get more comfortable. I mean, yeah, it'll eventually happen because you, know, you, don't, as the you don't have to goes play. On. You don't have to play 30 events in a season. You don't have yeah. to. As the season goes on, I know, um, I don't know if I have Paul's schedule pulled up, but as the season goes on, I know there's going to reach a stretch where Paul's going to miss two or three pro tours in a row because he cho- he's choosing to go over to Europe right. for a stretch, assuming that all the travel and everything works out. Right. Um, he's choosing to go over to Europe for a stretch, but like that's what I'm, I, as I was just like looking through the schedule, I was like, there's definitely players where they're picking and choosing spots that they're like it's you know what instead of playing a pro tour event it makes more sense for me to go build my brand in yeah. europe now instead of playing a pro tour event it makes more sense for me to do this and it does i here it's like a double-edged sword because on one thing you're as a fan you're like ah it's kind of a bummer i like having the strongest field every week however what it does do on the other side is now when the majors do happen you appreciate it times a million because you know that everybody's at the major yeah so you get that it's a, it makes the majors even more special so it does have that effect yeah definitely something to like keep an eye on as the sport continues to grow and move forward this was just the first week well i mean obviously paul skipped out vegas but this is like the first week we see like two players in as the season's going skipping out but fpo at waco seems a little bit less chaotic as far as parity goes with the exception of like last year we did see kona panda swim and yeah. that's one of the biggest well, big storyline yeah. i think that's the biggest storyline in fpo to be honest with you because yeah. it's going to be interesting to see Kona at Vegas was under the pressure of starting the tour the season off with one of actually tied for the biggest public FPO contract mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. Um, so one of the biggest FPO contracts, period, probably only eclipsed by Paige Pierce, if I had to guess. Um yeah. tied with Kristen Tatar. And so she came into that and it did not go the way she expected it no. or would want it. It didn't go the way anyone would want it to go. A lot of pressure. I think it'll be interesting because. There's so, but now you have the, speaking of, you have the additional pressure yeah. if you won this tournament. I was going to say, there's two sides to look at it because you could, like, after it originally, after it went down, I was like, okay, it's probably good for her to get that off her back because I bet she probably got a lot of good feedback from Dynamic. I, I'm sure they have her back. So they, you know, she probably was like, okay, you know, it can't get much worse than that whatever it's out of the way however now it's like you go into a tournament that you're like well now there's gonna be even more expectations yeah i literally won this because i won it by like a lot last year so i don't i don't know if that's gonna help her case i i hope for her that she's able to have a strong tournament because like you don't want to see somebody get crushed by the pressure like that like that's a bummer so i i hope like i don't know i i doubt she's gonna win again because that's just hard to do to win back to back but I would love to see her, you know, have a strong finish. Yeah. She and, won. The, and the thing is, too, there's no cut this week. So she doesn't have that hanging over her head. Like, mm-hmm. I could literally get cut again. So that'll help a ton, I'm yeah. sure. She won by eight strokes last year. Now, one thing that FPO also will have going for them tomorrow, weather-wise, is they will be actually teeing off in the hottest part of the day. Yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> that morning. That is so funny. The weather be doing that this year, man. <laughs> we've oh we've gotten gosh. finessed by that a couple times. I just choked on Yeah, what was that? I don't that? even know. Okay. <laughs> it, it hurt. Um, I mean, I might have swallowed a tonsil. Who knows what just happened? But, um, I'm not sure you can do that. No, tell, really? Tell that to my throat. Oh. <laughs> uh, but no, so FPO is definitely... Another thing, too, though, is this is the only pro tour that Evelina's ever won. Um, oh, how much that plays in, I don't know, because 
She's not looking we, great so far this year. We the FPO field already has a tendency to have crazy pendulum swinging with the scores, just all over the place. So, I mean, if you thought it was crazy at Waco or at Vegas because it wasn't even that that crazy with the swings, like this will be. Yeah. We will we will probably see the leader change on FPO like every round. Probably unless unless Paige or Cat comes out and just bullies everyone. I just don't see that. The thing with the thing with Waco though, and this is an FPO and MPO, is like you in Vegas, if you're off your line by a foot or two, very rarely is it really costing you. Right. Because it's wide open. It's gonna cost you a fifty foot putt instead of a twenty foot putt. Yeah. Basically. If you're off your line by a foot or two in Waco in that middle stretch, you're, five feet off you're the screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're screwed. You'll if you're just timing's just a little bit off. Yeah. It's going to be a long day in the woods. That, and that's the thing about when you get into courses like that, where literally the difference between who's going to be winning and who's not. At Vegas, a lot of it comes down to who's putting. Yeah. But at a course like this, it's literally whoever's timing is the best that weekend is going to win. Because they whoever is getting down in, into play, getting off the tee, because I, I mean... It's almost a guarantee that strokes gain T to green will be what decides. Well, let's actually get into our keys to victory. (laughs) Uh, So we have on, we'll get with MPO first because MPO is exactly what you're thinking. FPO though has a, something interesting I noticed, but let's get MPO. MPO keys to victory. First off, get off the tee. Uh, Gain T to green is the big stat here. Players are able to get off the tee clean and get within circle two consistently. They give themselves a great chance at the event. Secondary one goes without saying scramble if you don't hit point one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the woods of the beast are very tough. Being able to get up and down is crucial for players looking to stay in the mix. So those two were pretty like if you sorted by gain T to green and scramble rate last year, there's very few outliers that were outside of the top 20, yeah. but at the top of those posi- positions. Right. If you're able to do those two things, you're going to do yeah, well. This is the type of course like Vegas you're expected to get close for birdie at Waco. You're just trying to give yourself looks. Yeah. On a lot of those holes. It's like, let me just give myself looks at birdie. So yeah, it's a big difference. Now on the FPO side, uh, one of the, the biggest, biggest one is scramble. Um, anytime they're off the fairway, you have to find a way to minimize damage. Scramble percentage last year was the biggest key stat. And I don't expect that to change, but it was essentially like if you sorted by scrambling, you're basically just looking at the top 10 the same way. Like whoever scrambled the best was able. This is the interesting one though. Putting time to putt gained putting was almost directly correlated to the top of the leaderboard last year. Mm. I think what it comes down to is at Waco, strokes are so hard to come by that you just can't be giving them up. Yeah. So putting on the green, like if you're able to putt well, then that's saving you a stroke here and there, and that's going to be crucial. Because if you look at the scores, let me get back to 2021 Waco. Um, if you look at the scores for FPO last year, and this year it's probably going to be a little worse because of the wind, you had Kona at 16 under was the outlier, mm-hmm. okay, across three rounds. But then you had Owen Scoggins was in second at only four under par. Sarah Hokum three, Lisa Fakus two, Paige Pierce one, and then you're over par outside the top five. Crazy. So that's what it's like. Essentially, getting off the tee clean and MPO is crucial because you've got to be shooting like close to double digits. Nico one averaging like almost nine under par last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in FPO, getting off the tee is important. But getting up and down for par is more important. Yeah. And a big part of that is making those tester putts where you, if you're giving yourself a 25-footer for par, you got to be putting that in the basket. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to do that consistently, then if you can get under par, you have a shot at being in the top five right there. Yeah. Uh, so those are those keys to victory as we head into the week uh, weekend. Definitely going to be a fun weekend. Um, we're going to go into our predictions. Uh, just a reminder, we're keeping points for our predictions throughout the entire year, kind of Wordle style. So if you get someone in 
your top if you we're gonna go top three MPO, top three FPO in a dark horse pick. If you get someone in your top three but in the wrong spot, you get one point. If you get someone in the top three and in the correct spot, you get three points. And then if you win the dark horse pick, you get two points, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So sitting at coming into this week, I have we have myself at six points total. We have Connor also at six points total, and Trevor is at three points total. Yes. Going into the week. So let's start it off. MPO predictions. Uh, Connor, why don't you kick us off? Okay. I I would have just been thinking a ton about this, and it's so hard because I do feel like anybody could could be in these top three for this event. Yeah. And oh man, and I and I wrote this down before the podcast, and literally the whole time during the podcast, I've been like, do I want to switch something around? I know for number one, I'm gonna stick with a, a fairly safe bet at Paul McBeth. Okay, because uh, I think he'll probably be in that top three. So either, either way, that's a point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, okay, I'm making my decision right now. I'm going Paul McBeth, mm-hmm. James Conrad. Ooh, ooh, love it. Conrad does have an early tea time on day one. That could be helpful. And then wild card, Gannon Burr. Nice. Riding I almost stuck him in. Uh, all right, let's go over. I guess I'll do mine next because I'm Who's the guy that we just, other guy that we just saw that had an early tea time? Tide leader. Adam Hammes. Hammes. We'll go through tea times here in a second. All right, so MPO. Here we go. I'm taking, you know, I'm going to go third to first. It's a little okay. more dramatic that way. You're so dramatic. That's My smart. third That's place, smart. third place person <laughs> prediction is is none other than missing Mr. Missy Gannon. Calvin Heimberg. Calvin Heimberg, okay. Vegas was looking great, except for his awful putting streak. Yeah, he just had one. And right. I don't see that happening again. That's true. And and like T to Green, he's going to be good. Exactly. His timing is typically exactly. solid. So I'm thinking Calvin. Uh, second place, I got to go with the same line of thought. Paul McBeth, first tournament, Pro Tour tournament of the year. I think he's going to be able to sneak into the top he's, three he's at least. He's a line hitter, you know? So I need to have him in there. Yeah. But... Chris Dickerson's taking down Waco. Okay. First wooded tournament of the year. I think that he got the he got out of Vegas. He got his kind of feel yeah. for starting the season this early. And I think he's going to come into Waco and uh, take his first win down well, with Discraft on the back. Great minds think alike. I mean, you Dang can't it. ever say... Yeah, I was going to say, you can't ever say that's not... That couldn't yeah. happen. Great that's, minds think alike because uh, I also have Chris Dickerson in first place. Okay. I also go. have Paul McBeth in second place. Okay. But I snuck Gannon Burren in third okay. place. Okay. I'm, I'm hey, we got a nice little mixture. I, I think I've just got to... Gannon's got the momentum. He played well there previously. Um, and he's tough to bet against. He seems pretty automatic. And then, I mean, Dickerson and Paul, like, those are our tee to green guys. Like, yeah, those guys. I was saying, Especially like, Dickerson, when like, I'm in the woods, that dude's getting off the tee. When I'm in the woods, I, I want Dickerson and yeah. Paul on my team. I think Dickerson yeah. is a great, great bet. All right, now, FPO, let's just have Trevor. Stick with Trevor, your okay. FPO. FPO, so I'm not willing to bet on the chaos because, like, if you try to go that route, then you're probably, you just have a war, even worse chance, I feel like. <laughs> so I'll, I have in third place, Kristen. In second place, Paige, and in first place, Cat. Boring, generic. You're gonna hear a lot of it, but like, okay, I think, like you can you can toss in other names. Wait, but who, you had Paige second, Cat first. Yeah, I'm, I've just got to I've just got to go with the momentum that Cat has, and also she throws very accurately. She threw she threw very accurately, kept the disc in bounds at Vegas, and that's going to be key. There's honestly, there's a, Paige is the scary one because. I pick Paige because I think she's probably the most talented player out there on any given day, but she has blow-up potential yeah. at a course like Waco, so that's a scary one. But 
I don't know. I, it's so hard. FPO field is impossible. They're, they're all over the place. It's crazy. All right. I guess I'll go second here. Uh, just getting my format ready. All right. Here we go. First, pl- or I'll go third. Third place first. Dramatic, dramatic. Third place first. You did it too, man. Third place first. I've got a former champion, Evelina Solonen. I'm betting on the flip. I'm betting on the flip. She's going tough performance at Memorial. I'm aware. But after, I think she's she's getting in her rhythm. I think Waco's the tournament. After seeing she's footage back. of that putt, too. no, don't you can't look at that footage, man. I don't memory, think I, memory I mean, of you, a goldfish. What what putt? What footage? Yeah. This is her first tournament of the year. <laughs> Evelyn Asala is going to come out and shock the world. But, would be but in crazy, third place be because I don't. Pick. I'm not confident to put her in the first. Oh, uh, oh you have her in third place. Ever yeah. third. Second place, Miss Paige Pierce. Miss okay. Paige. Paige Pierce is going to be second place there. I feel less and confident. The winner, do you feel less confident about the Paige pick since I said it? Because I do. No. Okay. Uh, the winner, I sneakily, sneakily, I think that I'm hitting the nail on the head with this winner. Okay. I'm very confident in this. Okay. We should have a double down one where you lose points if you don't, but we're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Missy Gannon's walking away from Waco as a champion. Oh. Why do you say that? I just have, no, it was, it was based on stats. I don't remember which stats. <laughs> But it was based on stats. Hey, he's got the numbers. He's got the on numbers. Stats. I'll pull yeah. them up. According, according to stats, according I'm right. to like statistics. You're in, a, you're in a business meeting. It's like, why is that initiative going to work? It's based on stats. Well, according Just, to statistics, I'm right. Yeah, it's based on stats. Uh, what stats? I can't tell you. I don't remember. She was very good at putting last year. Uh, her scramble rate got better as the year went on, hopefully. <laughs> um, and she was... <laughs> I think you had a hunch. You know what? I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. It doesn't matter. You I, had a hunch. I, like, a hunch. I still like the decision, so you I'm had, sticking I like with it. Missy Gannon wins. I had Evelina in third as well. Um, right here, I've got it written down, and then second, that makes me think you didn't have it written if you down. Don't no, have I, it, I, I don't actually care do. If you have it written you just, down. You just, no, I don't care either. You can change it. Well, I know, I know. You just seemed you I, can make up the a way player. you said it made it seem like it was a crazy pick, but I also had it. So nice. Yeah, you're not so maybe crazy, we're man. just crazy together. I think we're crazy together. Um, and then second place, I have Kristen Tatar. I like her. I actually like her in second. And then first place, I've got Katrina Allen. Nice. Yeah. Cats throw the Not too well. crazy. The Nothing only thing that worries me with Chris, why I didn't put Katrina in this is one of my keys to victory was on FPO putting. putting. That was one of the biggest keys to victory. And that is a good point. <laughs> that just made me go away. So, Connor, well, we're going to stick with if you. If you want to get a more insight into Katrina's putting, check out my show. It comes out today. Oh, you're dropping your cat episode today. Mm-hmm. There you go. Trevor's interview with Katrina Allen. Yeah, uh, exclusive. Very exclusive. Connor, we're going to get back with you. Your dark horse pick must be outside the UDIS top 50 players in the world. See, I forgot about have? that again whenever I picked it. All right, we'll go back. To, we'll go to Did Trevor then. Well, I picked somebody that was that was sub 1,000 rated instead of... Out so of they're probably outside uh, the top 50 as well. I know, but then I'm just going to lose. Might not. Okay, well, we'll go, we'll go Trevor, me, <laughs> and then come not. back to you third so you have time to look at it. So, Trevor, dark horse pick. My dark horse pick is Chandler Fry. The, Chandler? The Chanimal. The Chanimal, because Chandler impressed me. Week one, Vegas, played pretty well, and he also finished 18th last year at Waco, and I think he's a pretty... I've I've watched Chandler play. I saw him play at USDDC, and he's like a pretty consistent player. Like He's he's not going to do anything crazy necessarily, but he, he's going to get the job done. I think he's a good dark horse pick. Ranked 58th currently in the world. Nice. I'm actually going with the person directly above Above him, ranking in the worldwise, trying to figure out what year it Silver? was. No, no. Trying to figure out what year it was that made me pick him, but I still like my pick even though I can't find this. Okay. There's one of these. Yeah, here it is. 2019. Okay, my dark horse pick 
57th ranked player in the world. Really good history at Waco because they've been in the top 30 pretty much every time they played it, and they have a third place finish in there from a few years ago. Also started off well at Las Vegas Challenge. Alex Russell. Mm. And and on top of all of that, early tea time tomorrow. Mm. When's Channimal's tea time? I don't know. You dirty dog. I'll find look, it. I'll look at it for you. You find it right now this instant. I demand it. I'll look at it for you. Uh, so Alex Russell, a little sneaky name. Uh, Chandler Fry tees off at 1155. That's not atrocious, but not great. Alex Russell tees off at 1020. Okay. I mean, that shouldn't be too crazy of a difference. So Good pick. Good pick. Sneaky. Yeah. Dark and horse. He went, so 2019, he finished in third at Waco. I remember. 2020, he finished in 29th at Waco. And 2021, he finished in 29th at Waco. So, so he had a worse finish than Chandler last year. He did. He did. But I think Chandler's less consistent than you think. I don't I don't think so. Well, hey, so we'll, we'll see this eyes, weekend. Dude. He's going to throw that force all over the place. We'll see this weekend. All right. He's going to He's going to be Oh, wait. And doesn't he ha- isn't he uh doesn't he have that surge now? Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it. That headwind's going to throw his surge into the <laughs> Brazos East River. <laughs> all right, I think I have my person but I need to see if they're in, in, in the top 50. <laughs> that thing's going into the Euphrates. <laughs> Euphrates, that's funny. The surge is that thing's gonna be tossed all the way into the Tigris. Yeah, that's that's a good one, man. Okay, here we go. Let's just keep naming. Here we rivers. go. Not in the top. 50. The Amazonian. Amazonian. Not river, in the dude. top fifty. And so, dang it, he's the James. The dude, that thing's 50. gonna that he thing's gonna fly 50. all the way to James River. <laughs> Are you struggling over there? <laughs> I am so struggling. Why don't you start just with go the, to the top rank. fifty? Yeah, but because then they're just ne- they're never playing. But really, really, most guys are. <laughs> like I think seventy of the top hundred are there this weekend. Hunter will pull okay, up well, the PDJ list across. Oh, here we go. Here, here we go. He's he's here. He is there. Okay. Okay. Alex Russell. I literally just picked him. Oh, you did. Sorry, yes. I wasn't listening because I was too busy <laughs> freaking out. About That's my favorite. That hey, why don't you pick? Why don't you pick the fifty eighth player in the world? <laughs> yeah. Who's like next? Who's, who's like the next, next one down? No, I know that that's Chandler <laughs> Fry. All right, fine. I'm going Tim Barham. <laughs> isn't he like a? Isn't he the lowest on the list? What's his world ranking? No, his world ranking's not, not that bad. Oh, no, Jared Stoll's, I'm thinking of. Tim Barham is 62. Good luck, man. Hey, hope, yeah, I know. Hope hey, that, hey, hope that hey, Buzz man. SS works say, out That Buzz for SS is going to do great yeah, in the gonna throw, He's going to throw those cranks. It's going to be great. Mm. We're going to Well, because we words. said that, we're, he's yeah, going to win. We're going to eat our He's going to win Waco. Congrats. I hope he does. If you he's know listening, what? Congratulations, Tim. Everybody clap it up. Good job, Tim Barham. Good job, Tim. What a finish this weekend to Waco. What happens if your dark horse Actually, you know what? Let's just go ahead and shoot the intro for Grip Locked on Monday. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock, Foundation Disc Golf Weekly Congratulations. Podcast. Congratulations to Tim, Tim Barham. We just got bought out by Tim Barham. Your top three finish at Waco. Unbelievable performance I think if out you're, there. I actually was thinking about that, too, because my Dark Horse pick last week was, like, charging the leaderboard. I think if your Dark Horse pick wins, you get five points. No, ten points. Ten points? You get I'm, ten points. I'm, I can agree with that. Because, yeah, like, that's, it's probably like that's it's very it's probably never going to happen. Yeah, ten but points. It's not impossible, Well, because you don't though. want it to make it, like, where you can never make a comeback. Yeah. Like, you have to have a Dark Horse pick win to win. Yeah, I was just thinking, just separately, you get a reward. Like, a separate reward. You're always in it for the rewards, yeah, man. Yeah, why? It's always about rewards for you, dude. Hey, some <laughs> things are just for fun, <laughs> you all right? You feel so uncomfortable just then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you... You can have the RCA TV. Yeah, you know what? That monitor is all yours. If, 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 if Tim Barham wins, you get to take that bad boy home. I just thought like that would be such a crazy thing to happen. It That's would be. I, I mean, Colton last be. week only lost like he was only off the pace by a few strokes towards the end. That's really who someone should have picked. It got Colton di- Montgomery. It got he literally dicey. won. Two he years got into. Ago. He's forty seventh now. Oh, he jumped up. That yeah. sucks. That sucks for y'all. 
Because we would have done it. <laughs> Somebody would have done it. Someone would have done it. Uh, Wait, no. you're talking about Colton Montgomery? Yes, yeah, yeah. Imani, Hot Cocoa. He's in the top 50. Yeah. He is now. He is now. He okay. wasn't. I was, wasn't. About, I was about to say, because I, I almost picked he him. He was but 56, I think, yeah. last week. Um, all right, so let's look at some tea times here to wrap the show up. The feature card on the live coverage, teeing off at 2.50 p.m., Electric. I believe it's Central Time. This card is incredible. Gannon Burr, Nico mm-hmm. LeCastro. That's fun. First off, this card might take six hours. Uh, Gannon Burr, <laughs> Nico LeCastro. Uh, Paul McBeth. Isn't this where Paul got super mad because it was taking forever? I think no, so. that was Ottawild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was going to say he's in for it. Paul McBeth and Simon Lazat. What a card. That That's going to be a fun. Card. That's top, a fun card. Top tier entertainment right there. Um, top tier The second card at 234, Lori Lettinen, Chris Dickerson, Kevin Jones, Kale LaVisca. And then the third card down to 20 p.m. Is, a, is the foundation card. We have Mason Ford, Team Foundation, Linus Carlson, Brody Smith, Team Foundation, and Ricky Wysocki, honorary team. member of yeah, Team Foundation. Yeah, honorary <laughs> member of Team Foundation. Actually, he's, he's an honorary member of Team TMZ, Team Disc Golf TMZ. <laughs> yeah. So we should get him a shirt. Should just send, send it to him, him a shirt? Yeah, like honorary take the... Honorary member of Team No, make, we'll make a foundation, foundation, our foundation logo with TMZ underneath it and just send it to him anonymously. I love Rick. Because like maybe he'll wear it be like, oh, dude, this is so funny. I can't, and then it's like, we created the shirt. I can't stop. I, I love Rick. I can't hate that guy. He just I would said, never hate him. He's so goofy out there throwing those harps all over the place, man. He's so goofy. Uh, other, let's see if there's any like other, uh, another great card, a two o'clock card, Aaron Gossage, Chris Clemens, Kyle Klein, Justin Rozak. Another good card. Nice. Garrett Gurthy, Colton Montgomery, Scott Withers. Scott. Speaking of Scott, where's Stokely? What's the, what time Stokely? The Stokely. He's not there. Yes, he is. He got in. He got in again. He's so. going to, that's going to keep happening. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. He off at 10 a.m. with Philo Brathwaite. Oh my gosh. That's a car. If Philo isn't commentating, that's true. That you never know with that, that guy. That is true. Sneaky Philo. I actually hope he. I actually hope he plays because I want to hear Brian Earhart commentating. You know to what? See what? That's like Andrew Presnell might pop off this event. He's the first no. card out nine fi- nine forty most scorable conditions, and it's Presnell. He's Presnell? he's he was the leader in fairway hits, wasn't he? Last year, that's what, what he was told his tweet? Us. Yeah, <laughs> he's when like someone was actually the most the, underrated yeah, fairway driver. Yeah, underrated like, fairway driver. Me. That was a very funny and tweet. He, they gave the stats. That, that was really funny. That was very good. Uh, the <laughs> women's feature card: Kona Panis, Paige Pierce, Evelina Solonen, and Heather Young. Heather Young could do sneaky good out there. Chase, the second car going off tomorrow: Katrina Allen, Own Scoggins, Lydia Lyons, and Kristen Tatar. And then we have Henna Blomrus, Team Foundation member Valerie Mandahano, Maria Oliva. And Kitty, Kitty. I think it's pronounced. Is it pronounced Katie? Katie. I hope so. That's way easier. Katie Tate. Good job. That's definitely not how you pronounce her last name. Come on, man. You know, I was trying to say third. I know. Tatar. I don't. I'm not saying you were trying. It's still funny. It was (laughs) funny. It is still funny. Uh, so that's kind of the, the main cards to look out for there. Uh, should be a great tournament. We cannot wait. Of course, uh, Lisa Fakus. Also, really I am time. going to bring back the Twitter spaces. Uh, every night following the live cover wrapping up, I'll be on Twitter spaces. Trevor might hop in there some. Last knows? time I was trying to hop in and I was like in the middle of giving my son a bath. And so I was well, like... Well, get your priorities straight. Okay, so this tournament... <laughs> Bath yeah. time before. Well, this time it'll end an hour earlier because bath time usually starts around seven. Mm. Well, also your son will be gone this weekend. You're right. So I mean, unless unless be, your bath time starts at seven, tune in. To, <laughs> yeah, tune in to me. I might do it. I actually might do some sort of companion thing because I'm just going to be alone. 
I don't know what. I'm what do you call myself. a companion stream if you're by yourself? Well, he still needs. Well, a companion, I'm the companion. So, yeah, yeah, and I need I companions. Can be companion, if anyone wants to come over and watch, it's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be hanging out. Yeah, what, what's your address? Yeah, I'll put it up. I'll just put it on the just screen. Tweet, Connor, just put yeah, it on the screen. Just tweet his address. <laughs> just tweet your address out. You know, y'all I'm gonna tweet your up. address. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Okay, I'm I already gonna, flashed my phone number accidentally on the last. Instagram live. Yeah. And then I got it. And then he got it. Connor got a text. I still don't know who that person was. If you really want to know Hunter or I's phone number, just go to play it again. No, they, they block out phone numbers. Uh, they do now because they didn't always. I don't know. So don't tell them that my phone number's changed. I don't write my number on this. That's why I said that's people. I, I change my phone number every year. So <laughs> best of luck finding it. Four, three, four, eight, six, seven. Five three zero nine. I actually know Hunter's number. <laughs> it's by actually eight six seven five three zero nine. That's know, what I was saying. But you have to have the area code. I actually know Hunter. Oh, is that what you did? Hunter's yeah, number I, did. Oh, wow. I just said it like an actual phone number. I don't know any of y'all's phone number. I know. Heart. I know Hunter's by heart. I know my old home phone phone number. It's still <laughs> my like Kroger know. Rewards. I only it. said that because I think I asked you for it like two days ago, and I think I still remember it. All right. Well, there you have it. <laughs> the Waco That's coverage fun. begins tomorrow. You can tune in live on the Disc Golf Network if you uh, want to, or post pre. No, you have to. Post production. Say it. <laughs> yeah, you can also get all the cards post produced. Joe Mez, Gatekeeper, GK Pro. Uh, I think they'll all be out there. I don't think Central Coast can be out there. I'm not sure, um, but you can find all that information on the Pro Tours Instagram page. And then uh, we'll be back Monday with a little wrap up show and Twitter. We'll be on Twitter all weekend. So celebrating winner Tim Barham. Find us on Twitter. Yeah, congrats again, Tim. Congrats Barham. again to Tim Barham. It's going to be win. a great weekend. We'll see you Monday. <laughs>